Please join me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our assembled hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Sometimes when you lay these messages out, I did this already April, uh, March, April, and I went through them and looked down, put them on my spreadsheet, do it how I typically do it so that my musicians and my preachers can have a look at what's going on. And I never give them too much because I want them to use their creative abilities and, and not be pinned into a specific uh, thing with the text, but to use their own gifts and experiences in that. And when I laid this out, I had no idea that we would be losing our fine associate pastor, Pastor Mike Pastor Mike Hayes. Did no idea today would be a farewell day. In that I marvel at the providence of God in putting this Ephesians 4 verse before us, Mike. It's kind of amazing that in the God's economy of time and God's economy of preachers and God's economy of His Word that He would put Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16 before St. John's Orange on a day they lose a beloved pastor. It is a unique time in the church, the big C church. It's a unique time because the church is kind of trying to figure out who, what, when, where, why, how. All of the things that the church did outside of a few over the last 50 years seem to be kind of rumbling, stumbling, bumbling along. But the church doesn't seem to have the cultural momentum that it had, say, even four or five, maybe five to ten years ago. It used to be that the pastors got up and spoke, and the church and the, the community, the culture would say, you're darn right, the church says it, the pastors said it, this is how it's going to be. When is the last time you saw a, a local person stand up and say, you know what, I'm a Christian and I hold the Christian values and I want to serve and on and on and on. It just doesn't seem to serve anymore to be a Christian, to be engaged, to have it figured out. And, and the church is trying to figure out what the church will be after the COVID pandemic. And things are kind of up in the air. It's a unique time for the big C church. The picture there is from India. My friend Leslie Cornelius is here this morning. Leslie, that's from a school that we visited in India that your mom was a part of. The Big C Church is the church throughout the world, not just here and now. We are, wait a minute, we are the Little C Church. And that's kind of hard to take sometimes, but we are the Little C Church. And we're living in a unique time. St. John's Orange is in a unique time and a unique context, and we're kind of trying to figure it out. It's if God has put a, a, a tennis ball shooting machine across the net from the leaders of our church, and every time we just keep hitting the ball back, hoping to hang on, hoping to get it figured out, hoping to make it happen. And with Pastor Mike's departure, that becomes a very, uh, very big piece of ministry that we'll be missing starting Tuesday. And that puts us in a sense of transition. We've got a lot of that, don't we, Mike? We've managed a lot of that through 11 years, a, a lot of times of, of transition. Dr. Heidi is reti retired, and he was here last week. He may be at the beach this week. Bill may be watching right now. I'm not sure, but 
One of the pieces of transition is that we offered the position of director of, music, of worship and music ministry to Alex Giebert, and Alex accepted that position on Friday and will be installed in the weeks ahead, and that's one transition that will be a big, big deal. We also brought a new DCE on, Jim Meyer, who was in the service earlier. We've got lots of comings and goings in our school. There's lots going on in our own context. It used to be St. John's was a very Anglo, very Germanic church. And that's changing right before our very eyes as St. John's, particularly in our preschool and schools, reflects more the ethnicity of orange. And in that unique time, the Lord speaks His words. From Ephesians chapter 4, this word. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Oh, baby. You want to talk about church? You want to talk about Ephesians 4. You want to talk about Big C Church and what God is doing throughout the world? Here it is in Ephesians 4. You want to talk about what our congregation is called to and the calling to which we received in our Lord Jesus Christ? Then here it is. And the key words out of this text are inescapable for us. The key words are just marvelous. Calling. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul gets after that calling. What it is, how we receive it, and how we live it out is where he's going now in the book of Ephesians. The calling you have received is a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul goes on and on and on to say that the calling you've received is not a phone call from God, but something richer, something deeper. A calling from the cross of Jesus Christ. A calling that said, you belong. That you are a son, you are a daughter, you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that calling cost God the life of His Son, Jesus. But it gained a people. Not people who gather for manna and quail every morning and evening, but people who are fed and guided and called by the Word of God to a closeness with God. In the Old Testament lesson, there's a beautiful thing. They, they come out of the tent, they look in the horizon, and Moses says, look, there's the glory of God. And if you wait around a little bit, there's going to be something to eat, and it's going to be spectacular. I always think that the manna of which we read about in our Old Testament lesson was something like frosted flakes on the ground. And they ate that bread and said, you've got to be kidding me. And God came back down to them and said, I've called you to be my own. You are my people and I am your God. I'm not going to call you out here and then abandon you. Another word that's key in this text is the word completely. And I don't like that word because there's not wiggle room in that word. I like wiggle room. Sometimes maybe uh, there's no wiggle room in this. Be completely humble, completely gentle, completely patient. 
There's no wiggle room for that. It reminds me in those moments where I'm impatient and impulsive and impetuous that there's a problem there because the Lord calls us to being completely those things. And I'm reminded, as are all of us and our congregation, how much we need Jesus and how He comes in those impulsive transitional moments to remind us of His peace and His patience with us and His presence in our lives. And the other word is like it, every. Every. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It wasn't that many years ago the church in which Pastor Mike grew up in was a church that had an awful lot of conflict in it. I remember this venue being full and people getting on one another pretty hard. I remember coming down the aisle and walking back and forth and there being kind of painful looks coming my way and I thought, oh man. One of the guiding principles of ministry, pastor of a, of a senior pastor, is that calling. Make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Our church is not a political organization oh we vote on stuff time to time for sure our church is the body of Christ and as such as Paul writes we function as one people following one God who are called into a unified a unified congregation a unified big C church when our congregation is at peace And when everyone bends over backwards to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, the ministry that can be done is amazing. And when we argue and fight and get on one another, we spend our energy and waste our energy doing that rather than the ministry that God has given to us. Paul, using this letter to go to six or seven other churches in that area, is telling them, figure out how to get along and make it happen and see what the Lord will do. And then he presses on. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. I knew I made a mistake there. To equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What's the work of the ministry? To raise up the body of Christ, to equip God's people for works of of service. There's so many parts of our congregation in which that's reality. The choir is not a solo act. Except for Paige today, who's pretty good. Really, really grateful for Paige. She's got Charlie with her. Charlie plays the organ and Paige sings. They asked me if I wanted to sing and I said, there ain't no way that's going to happen. I can't send communion to all you guys, so we've got Izzy and Kate and Tim. We all can't hire people to be at the doors. So we have ushers who volunteer. We have people everywhere doing works of service and works of, of ministry. And it's funny, Pastor Mike, the church we grew up in, the St. John's of Old, had a different way of doing things. How we used to do it was, you find a need, 
you do a job description, you hire a person, you do it internally, and then that person becomes a fixture here. We don't do that so much anymore. What we do now, especially post-COVID pandemic, is to seek God's will, to figure out what God would have us do, to test and incubate that idea in a, in a small way, in a, in, in, in a little piece of, of ministry. We gather a team around that plan and around that work, and then we work together. And maybe after we test and see if this is God's will for us, then we hire a person. A great example of this is our work with foster care and vulnerable children. Mary Salgado started that ministry over 15 years ago, just bumping in and saying, what do we do? How do we help foster children? What does it look like? A group got a little bigger and began to seek God's will uh, around that. They tested it small, helping people on Saturdays, providing food and care and love. The team got bigger and bigger, and their effect was multiplied. And then we moved Pastor Trevor over. He had an assistant named Jessica, who he just brought on. And the ability to scale this ministry to all of Orange County is before us. Seek God's will, test it small, gather a team, do it together, equip the body of Christ for works of service. Pastor Mike has done that beautifully over the last 11 years. So many life group leaders have been lifted up. So many people helping in children's and youth ministry have been lifted up. So many people coming alongside of other people who say this is kind of my place to serve at St. John's or my place to serve in the community have been lifted up. And we're deeply grateful for a congregation for equipping God's people for works of service. That's my responsibility, yours, Pastor, all of us who serve the Lord together to be equipped and to equip to bring the gospel into the hearts and lives of many, many, many more people. And then there's this piece. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is, Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The whole body is built up. The work of a pastor is to build up the whole body of Christ, to recruit and include people, to equip and empower people, to care and love for people in the name of Jesus, so that each part, the hand can be the hand, the eye can be the eye, the back can be the back, the shoulders can be the shoulders, and all of us working together, connected into one, into the head, which is Christ. The pastor's not the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. The pastor's called to do the work of building up the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to put three words up here, and I want you to I want you to guess the last one before I get to it. <laughs> Duh. 
Think you did a good job, Mike? Think you did a good job? In every service today, we could do that. We couldn't do that 11 years ago. I said, what's the pathway? We'd say, I don't know, join the new member class, swim in the ocean and figure it out. Now we say connect to God, grow together, share Christ. We say that over and over and over again. And there's more people following Christ more deeply because of your ministry here, Pastor. Your long-lasting legacy at St. John's will be the discipleship pathway by which we lead people to the fullness of Christ. And for the sacrifice and the pain of that and you chiseling into the granite of culture of St. John's for probably the better part of five years, thank you. Because your impact in that is enormous. All of us see Jesus more clearly connecting to God, growing together, sharing Christ. And then there's that other piece of maturity. I remember when Pastor Mike was at Seward and he was a young man with a little bit more hair than he had now, but he still had the beard, the smile, and the kind eyes. Who would have known God would have used you in such a powerful way in, at your home church? Establishing the discipleship pathway, as I said, but even more with that, establishing life groups and putting together a system by which over 1,100 people have been involved in a life group at St. John's. I was at a wedding last weekend, and who was there? I couldn't figure out. A couple of people were there. I said, well, you don't connect. And they said, this is my life group, and we do life together. Throughout the pandemic, people have found rest and support and peace and love and relational connection through their life groups. And again, your imprint on that, Pastor, is enormous. A third piece of your success is peace in Tustin. That would have never happened without you, Mike. You picked up the shield, you picked up the sword. We were able to worship outside long before we had the tent, and the tent is going away, but this is our last Sunday in the in the tent but it was pastor mike's initiative it was pastor mike picking up the ball it was his ability to to be kind and loving maintaining the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that made that connection happen which took that church from i believe 12 or 14 worshiping a year and a half ago to about a hundred today god is good and god uses the gifts of his people to build up the body of christ in any ministry leader's thing, there's the stuff that you see and there's the stuff that you don't see. Last night coming home from a wedding in San Clemente, I turned right on a corner and I saw two members of the church. I whipped my truck around and I said, what are you doing here? And they about dropped their teeth. I said, Pastor, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm following up on your poor worship attendance. I said, what are you doing here? No, very, very faithful people. They said, it's so good to see you. I said, I'm 37 miles away from home. It's bizarre that I would see you. If I don't tell you that story, you never see that. Pastor Mike leaves with a treasure chest full of pastoral care pieces, hospital visits, commendations of people who passed away, love and care for families who are being torn apart, Pieces of ministry that happen late in the night and early in the morning that only He, the Lord, and the people who were connected get to remember. Perhaps, Pastor, your biggest funeral and one of your biggest 
pieces of influence was Linda Warnicke's funeral when you stood here and proclaimed the gospel to children and families and a faculty that had lost a dear member to cancer. And you provided your own special heartfelt love and care for them. I could go on and on. I could. I, I could list slide after slide and list after list, but I thought in terms of pastors bringing maturity and the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace into St. John's Orange, that these four pieces were critical for our future and will be a long-lasting legacy for him and for us. Paul speaks in Ephesians chapter 4 about advancing the gospel about bringing the gospel to people's lives. Not the law, but the gospel. Because the gospel transforms. The gospel sets free. The gospel brings life. The gospel of Jesus Christ takes that which is dead and makes it alive. The gospel of Jesus Christ brings release from guilt, release from pain. It enlivens the big C church, and it breathes life and vitality into the small C church. And it happens here in Orange, California, day by day and bit by bit, and it happens in Springfield, Virginia. This is the inside of Pastor Mike's new church. I don't know if you can see it, but there's quilts on the backs of the pews, which I'm sure are for uh, Lutheran World Relief, but I hope they're not there so they can be more comfortable during your sermons. I hope that our call to advance the gospel, whether it's here in Orange or a country away in Springfield, Virginia. Paul calls us to speak the truth in love to one another. Very, very practical. Not speak the truth as club. Speak the truth in love to build up the body of Christ, to encourage and love. And that goes from our heart to yours, Mike, to speak the truth in love that we love you and we'll miss you, and we're grateful for your works of service and ministry as well as your heart for ministry. Speak the truth in love so that together we will grow up into Christ. Now, I think that vine of God's love goes all the way across the 10 freeway or the 40 freeway. I'm not sure which one you're going to take, but I had to laugh when I was on my vacation and we stopped in uh, 40 outside of Baker's and it said 2,500 miles are there all the way to North Carolina. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. But the love and the growth in Christ continues because the vine of Jesus goes with you into Virginia and the experiences and the things that you have caught and been taught here at St. John's will go with you and serve you well. You've had some rough experiences and you'll learn from those and you'll go, man, Tim used to do that and I will never do that. And then you'll look and say, but that leader told me that thing that one time with that deal and that fits perfect here and you know what? I got that in my quiver. When the time comes, I'll shoot that arrow. Speak the truth in love, grow in Christ and get each part working. Slow and steady, each part gets working. Very seldom do all eight cylinders bang at the same time of a church. But boy, when you get six or seven of those guys cranking, the church has a lot of low-end torque and can pull hard. Each part does its work. Pastor, your work here has been exemplary. 
And the people who are here this morning and the people who will be here this morning are deeply grateful for you and your family and for the work of advancing the gospel at St. John's Lutheran Church in Orange. We love you, we'll miss you, but we have confidence that God will go with you and grant you marvelous engagement and marvelous results as you head to Springfield. God be with you. God be with us in the name of Jesus. Amen.